Do you know what? It's the theme of NIA. And it's Jack Butcher's favorite. Attention. Attention wins. Shams has 2 million followers because he gets the first scoop, the fastest scoop, or, or him and Woj do. Woj is, a, I think, the highest paid journalist at ESPN. This is, to me, this is edge of the internet in the sense of like, the, it's, another, it's another feather in the cap of when you wield attention, no matter what industry it's in, because attention is the last scarce resource, you get the power, you get the money. Uh, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We've got Trunk fan Bilal Zaidi here today. Unfortunately, Jack can't make it this week, but he should be back next week. Trunk, what's going on, mate? We've got a lot to talk about. How I you got doing? Some, I got a, I got a good, I got a cool intro for the listeners here. I know you listeners, whatever, what are you driving? Are you going for a walk? Are you cooking breakfast for your kid? What are you doing right now? Are you making an omelette? You making a Southwestern omelette? Are you chopping onions? <laughs> for Peppers? pasta. Yeah, what are you doing, a frittata? Yeah. Well, you have a laugh. So your boy Trung went for a run right before this, like a 5K. I got sweat here, you can see. So I didn't want to embarrass myself the whole episode. I put on a vest. <laughs> to get you so even warmer. For our boy, Jim O'Shaughnessy. What's hilarious is that this is how much I care about the NAA listeners. I don't even have time to change shirts. I'm wearing a vest, which is making that sweat spot even bigger underneath the vest. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna see you dripping yeah. in a minute man Wait, well what we should do is at the end of this episode just pull it down and see if the, the whole thing's just like uh sweat infested man, i'm but, the uh, same I, I did my morning walk i just went out in the park and i just i was like i'm gonna be sweating on the pod anyway so you just gotta put the hoodie on go straight oh, yeah. to gym after you know sweat even more keep it going all day you know what's so you know what's so funny about uh the sweat game i love how we open this one people here for the business and tech talk talk about the sweat <laughs> game it's so- is uh you know how hard it is to guesstimate weather when it's gray? When it's gray outside, I always mess up the layers I have to put on, right? Like, I'm yeah, like, this oh, time of year is confusing. Gray. I'm putting on a jacket. Ten minutes later, I'm walking. I'm like, God damn, hard. it's hot, bro. What sauna is season. All right, Wait, talking bro. of it, let's, hey, let's man, let people know what we're talking about, man. So we got FIFA. I mean, my favorite sports game. I mean, my favorite game of all time. So we're going to talk about... I mean, to be fair, I don't play that many games, but FIFA was obviously the best no game. No longer called FIFA. Don't bury yeah, the lead. EA FIFA. EA is... dropped the licensing with FIFA. We're going to talk about that. My friend uh, Nate, uh, uh, my friend Nate listens to this podcast. He used to work for EA. EA is based in Vancouver, by the way, for people who don't know. But, mm. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. All right. Uh, so we're going to break that down. The greatest sports gaming franchise of all time. Money Bill. 20 That's how much bill. money it's made EA. And talking of 20 bill... Triple that because <laughs> we got <laughs> and, and add nine. a bit more. And um, nine. You got 69 bill. 69 million. Uh, Microsoft finalized a 69 billion dollar acquisition of Activision. Massive, sending shockwaves in the gaming industry. Uh, we're going to break that down as well. And keeping that theme going with gaming and sports, we're going to talk about the Pakistani guy himself, Shams. How do we say his surname? Charania. Charania. Okay, he's the scoop guy of the NBA, you said, yeah? Yeah, so uh, for the listeners that don't know, there's two guys in the NBA, which are kind of almost bigger than the NBA uh, because most of the NBA is consumed through social media. So his name is Adrian Wojnarowski. He's the other guy. He's Shams' mentor. So Woj versus Shams is like what we go. is known about. the Our boy Rafa knows about Woj versus Shams. Like, he's going to listen to this episode and he's like, while he's editing, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I love this. There we go. But, uh, there we go. The reason I brought it up is because I wanted to ask you, Bilal. Bilal will mention, there's like a soccer version of this guy. Fabrizio, aka, here we go. That Doesn't is, he have uh, 28 million followers? He's got a oh, massive something crazy following, like right? That. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's the guy that when you're looking for the official go-ahead, he says, here we go. And that's when you can start getting excited about player transfers. So we'll okay. break that down. We'll do a quick little segment if we get time on Taylor Swift's $100 million opening weekend at the movie theater, how she's gone direct to people and how, how she's earning a lot more money by doing that. Very impressive. And then we'll round it off with the bread off, crowning the greatest bread in the world. There's a meme of the week that we'll save for later. Um, but essentially, we'll be having a little debate here around what is the best bread of all time, essentially. Based, so on, uh, based on my conversation, see, I don't think it's going to be a debate. There's going to be a broad agreement. I think we know. I think we know. That's not very <laughs> legal. I think we're going to be a lot of agreement <laughs> on this. <laughs> but all right. So let, let's talk about FIFA first, man. So you've been writing about this. And yeah. uh, for a little inside baseball, chat GP, the human chat GPT, a.k.a. Trunk Fan, or the human barely.ai sends me a doc. He's like, for today's episode, I've got a write-up for you. He sends me two nice 
summarize pages on all these topics that Here's you want to talk about. Here's 30 bullet points to make you look good. Make exactly, you sound yeah. good. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But I'm okay. going to let you introduce it. But we're, let's talk about FIFA because, again, growing up, this is in the UK, this is like the game, right? Like some of my best friends have been made over playing FIFA. Like, And actually before that, it was Pro Evolution Soccer, which is from Konami. And uh, I think in like the... 2000s somewhere it changed from being pro evolution was the dominant game in the football world to fifa and then now they've changed to ea fifa so let's break that down man what's going on here there's a bloomberg business week my uh publication i used to publish with former bloomberg writer trunk lowercase Uh, j journalist yeah yeah. (laughs) they had a great piece about uh we mentioned at the top ea and fifa have this relationship right so fifa is obviously this like scandal ridden uh, organization that organizes the World Cup, uh, does the shadiest shit in the world. Anybody that saw the Netflix doc, allegedly. Uh, but could you? Yeah. Well, actually, can we can we bullet point like what FIFA's been up to? They basically sell the rights to host the World Cup uh, in recent years. To like Cutter had the most recent one. We had a yeah. whole episode with Joe Pompiano about potential sports washing. The idea that. Uh, these uh, petro states, or I guess with Russia in the recent uh, Sochi Olympics, you use these large sporting events to like m- make your image look better, right? You launder your image, same way Saudi is investing in uh, PGA or tried to basically they launched Lib Golf and basically try to take over PGA, but that's being contested right now. So can you actually just get? So is FIFA? You, Bilal will know this more than me, or is it fair to say they are scandal ridden and kind of a crooked organization? Yeah, I guess the. I think you summarized it already there, but I think the perception has been that for a while. And it seems like a very old school organization where so many decisions are being made by relationships. And so there's a lot of, well, there have been confirmed cases of. Well, the DOJ did literally raid the Swiss offices of FIFA. So So this is not conjecture. (laughs) There's definitely something there, in my opinion, anyway. But, and I think there's been some confirmed cases. But yeah, so that that is definitely the case. But I don't actually know too much about the game and how it's been related. I'm assuming right. EA just bought the License rights for that for many name. years, right? Yeah. So the point is that it's the the FIFA though is I mean, there's UEFA, there's Premier League, but FIFA would you say over the past fifty years or so that brand is the most platinum brand for yeah. football? Definitely, is, right? and yeah, because even UEFA is like the European version, and then I think just because people think of the World Cup, and honestly, I think one of the biggest things is the game, because when you say the name FIFA, the first thing I think of is the game. I don't actually think of the organization. I think of well, they came the up together, being, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but to me, that superseded it almost. Oh, interesting. For interesting. me, maybe that's not yeah. for people. I'm just speaking for myself, well, but but that's yeah. that was the thrust of the Bloomberg article, though. Is like. If EA no longer has this licensing agreement with FIFA, they still have licensing agreements with uh, what, Premier League, UFA, uh, UEFA, all the major players. So the players are still in the game. The championships leagues are in the game. You just can't do World Cup mode, basically, right? Yeah. And uh, But that's interesting how you said it. You said FIFA the game had even become bigger than FIFA World Cup, which For I me, think yeah, that makes when, sense. I mean, the name specifically, because when if someone was just talking to me and said the name FIFA, the first thing that pops in my head yeah. is the game. And that might be because I was addicted to the game. No, but also I'm, not you know, just you. They've everyone. sold 350 million copies. It's the best-selling sports franchise in gaming history. We've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about how big the gaming industry is. Uh, Electronic Arts uh, did $6 billion in revenue last year. Um it's a $35 billion company now. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, it's a, it's pro- Actually, I think it's the largest publicly listed gaming company after Activision got acquired by Microsoft. But having said that, uh, the, re- the, the reason FIFA came about was that, you remember Madden Football, which is also a huge, obviously, video game. Yeah, American Madden, Football for our European yeah, listeners. Yeah, exactly. It was launched in the early 90s. Uh, quite successful. They made a game for Sega Genesis. And uh, basically, FIFA, uh, EA, Electronic, Electronic Arts, the game developers, like, Oh, I wonder if we could do Madden, but for a more global game. And then what's more global? Yeah. FIFA, that's football, football uh, European yeah. football soccer, or soccer. Yeah. So that's how FIFA, the game was created. And it's incredible. Dude, have you played the 1993 version? Of, uh, I haven't played uh, 93, but I was the, the, the 90s? one of my favorite games of all time is Road to World Cup 98. Okay. That was Dude. that was legend because you could beat Pakistan and go and win the World Cup. You know, it was like you, and that was like there wasn't. I don't think they ever did it in the same way again. It was like that was such a iconic. 
game. And then 99 for me personally was when FIFA peaked like the early versions before it became yeah. really like the gameplay obviously got really good eventually. But I'm saying like the arcade style of like oh, you're yeah, going to yeah. sprint and shoot. That was shoot, like the yeah. epitome of it. And then for me personally, Pro Evolution kind of took over like the more serious football fans and the people that played the games a lot like me and my friends everyone switched to pro evolution because of the tactics right i remember the, that yeah and just the gameplay but interesting you just mentioned the licensing of names so pro evolution didn't have the names for a long time so you would have uh, i remember like famous players like roberto carlos was called roberto larcos and then rivaldo <laughs> there was that rivaldi was supposed to be you know uh you know all the football players like all the brazilian football players had these funny names and then the funniest one was the dutch team they didn't get the licensing at all so they had like orange man number one orange man number two or something <laughs> like that so it was one of those kind of quirky things where you knew who they were because you could tell from the face but everyone who played the game properly like was Ronaldo, like oh that's the you game to tell. play you're like oh this guy's looking a little bit husky he, but he's still oh, yeah. <laughs> scoring five goals a game oh you mean right? the og ronaldo uh, oh, yeah, yeah og ronaldo uh, yeah, yeah. the Brazilian Ronaldo. So you brought up a great point, the licensing stuff, right? And that's so last I think two years ago, license between EA and uh FIFA comes up. And basically I I didn't get the exact number of how much FIFA was uh, uh was making off of EA for the licensing rights, but you can imagine it was not a little. And it sounds like they're trying to squeeze EA the like Apple and Google levels. Exactly, of, uh, right? Default and, search uh, engine. And then E, I guess EA was just like, we're about to find out. And it's interesting. It's an interesting question. What's bigger, the game or the brand? Because now the game is called FC24. That's the name of the game this year. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. So um, I think the we'll game see. will be fine. I I don't think the name. I mean, people know because it's the same with the way Pro Evolution was so yeah. successful, even though it didn't have the names because it was a superior game, and they eventually got the name, so it worked. But with I don't know, actually. Maybe that's me speaking with bias because I was like so into it. Maybe there's a more, um, you know, a broader reach where people really need the names and they need everything yeah. to be there perfectly. So I don't know, but I have a feeling because it's such a, it's already been the dominant game for so long. I don't think that's going to change. I and they still the players, right? Like you can still be Haaland yeah. or uh, you can be, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mbappe. Dude, oh my God. I was watching trailers for uh, the FC 24 game. I had never seen Haaland's goal from uh, the Champions League, the one where he jumped in the air. Is that the greatest goal ever? One of the greatest I mean, goals ever. It's where a good goal, but I don't know. But greatest is there's a, there's a few up there. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean that was like that was an insane goal though. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's an incredible guy. He's a robot. If you man. put it in the box, bro, he had, he, you put it in the box and he gets. But do you know what? If you don't let him get the touches in the box like Arsenal did two weekends ago, he's the the not zero shots, man. Zero xg. Oh! That's a, only happened twice, both against Arsenal, I think. Well, let me let me ask you a question before I talk about the uh, FIFA uh, EA's semi-controversial business model, uh, and then uh, I'll talk about that after. I just, uh, who is actually better, Haaland or Mbappe? Who would you rather have over the next decade? Oh, that's that's hard. I would still say Mbappe because he's kind of got more of an all-round game and he he's got more to his game. But Haaland is going to guarantee you 30, 40 goals a season. So he's just a terminator. I, He's a terminator, exactly, yeah. And it also depends on the team. But I think most people would say Mbappe, I think. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, so the uh, EA's business model, which is semi-controversial, is that they make uh, so $6 billion. Three-quarters of the revenue, uh, give or take, is made from these things. You know Ultimate Team? It's like the yeah. mode where you build your dream team. Have you ever played that? It does the thing. I don't actually ever play it because I know once I'm in, it's a can you explain slope. can you explain why it's why it's a slippery slope i think it's just yeah I, honestly because i've never played it i don't even know all the details but i think you essentially get these packs and then you you basically get these which i think is the controversial part right because it's kind of some chance in there of like what you get in the pack so it's like people, some people it's like gambling exactly and the, the only the, the where i see it is have you ever seen this guy speed he's like one of the biggest streamers in the world no. Uh, man, he's so funny. He's a crazy dude. But he does these like uh, reactions on, and I just see his clips on Twitter, and he's always just so fun. He's the guy that was obsessed with Cristiano Ronaldo and got all the way to meeting him. It was kind of oh. this big arc. He's like, I think he's got 20 million followers. He's like one oh, of the he's biggest he's streamers in the world. And um, but yeah, they will basically you you press the button and it will basically um, 
you know, show you a player that you get to put in your team and you create like an ultimate team or something like that. And so you, over time, but for me, I've always just played as Arsenal. So it's not, I don't <laughs> want to have all these random players in my team. Well, you know? <laughs> what would be funny is if you got so hooked on the ultimate team, you just kept playing until you recreated the Arsenal <laughs> yeah, team, yeah, spent yeah. like $10,000. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But so do, that, wait, did you ever play like in the NBA games as well where you could create oh, your own yeah, player? Oh yeah, the management mode, it was a, bro, Man, that I was the funniest thing. Oh my god! Obsessed with NBA Live, man. Uh, but did you create yeah, your own players too in that game? Oh yeah. Where it'll be like Trunk like, Fan dunking on people. One hundred, seven foot six, one hundred. It's all the things you guy, wanted yeah. to be in life, right? Like there's a guy, I, I won't say his name, but from uni, who was uh, a little on the shorter side. He was like just over five foot. And, uh, and he would always, and he was, a, I mean, I'm giving it away here for my friends who know, but he's a Sri Lankan guy and he's, a, you know, like darker skinned uh, Indian looking guy, but Sri Lankan. And the guy he created was like seven foot tall, light skinned, uh, with like ginger hair, like the opposite of... So you can just see the projecting, right? Exactly. Well, dude, I'm not even going to hate because you know, like I created like a... Six foot eleven, LeBron looking. T- yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. So like, like I listen. That's what. That's why these games work. But the whole point is like you, live, you, yeah. you nailed it. That 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 that. So that ultimate team across all of EA, like all their different games, like that mode is where they make most of their money, and it's like it's gambling, right? Which is, I mean. I'm not even going to hate on it. It's like, it's a bit, dude, all we do is gamble, right? All anyone ever does in digital realms is like some form of gambling and getting dopamine hit and exchanging money for yeah. it, right? Um, yeah, what does Jack call it? The great online casino? Is that him yeah, or is that someone everything, else? Everything, right? Everything's and a great boy, online. And our boy, McCormick says the great online game, but that's yeah. another way of saying, you know, once you add a little bit of chance in there. But, exactly. um, but wait, can I just ask really quickly on that? Because the gambling part is like, you don't really win a prize though, right? You don't no, win but money you're winning back. the player for your got it, team, okay. right? Got it, got it, okay. And I, I, I don't know across their entire suite of games if you can resell. Like, I know they have a game called, I can't remember. They have like a Fortnite type game, I think it's called Apex something. But anyways, I don't know if you can resell those skins. Uh, if you do, that would be, uh, again, like a gambling situation. Yeah. Crypto fixes this by yeah. just letting it Crypto. be fully gambling, yeah. basically. Check the chain, check the chain. Check the chain, um, all right. But we're good, yeah. I think we're good on that topic. All right, cool. So, um, yeah, but just to summarize, you said that 75% of revenues come from Ultimate Team. They Some did Ultimate six billion type dollars. of thing. Not just FIFA, but like oh, across. Oh, got it. Okay, customers. okay. Six billion sales and a market cap, 35 billion. And now we're going to see what how it goes with the new name change. Uh, anything else on that before we move on to... No, very related to the next topic. Perfectly segues into Microsoft. So $69 billion acquisition of Activision. What was good because we we talked about this on the pod ages ago and then I guess it's ago. twenty months. So it's what, been what's under happened regulatory since then? review. So you probably see it. There is a uh, three regulatory bodies: uh, one in Europe, one in England, and one in uh, the FTC in America. They basically want to block the deal, and uh, the thrust of it is that very active. Uh, a regulatory body right now. There's a there's a one against uh we have to do this every week, but Bilal's former employer has currently has an antitrust uh, lawsuit against it uh from the FTC uh regarding its a uh, search business. Uh that's what we talked about actually. You mentioned earlier how Apple uh, gets 20 bill a year from Google to be the the default search thing. I mean that came up, right? It's like it's like this is like you're locking out competitors. That's what they're saying, right? Bilal, we're not going to put Bilal in the hot seat here, people. But the whole point I'm trying to make is the regulatory environment is very, I guess, litigious right now, trying to wrangle in big tech, right? Amazon currently has a lawsuit against it for basically uh, the thrust of it is that Amazon Prime, or one of the thrusts is Amazon Prime is basically a bundle that – uh is uncompetitive. It looks great, you know. You get two days free shipping. This is what they're saying, the the uh, U.S. government. But that the way they skim money back is they lock out competitors, they lock in consumers with the prime, and then they they just kind of squeeze the vendors, right? They squeeze them, forcing them to pay for ads on Amazon, forcing them to pay for listing fees. Uh, the judgments here, but the thing is, like Lena Khan, the the commissioner, uh, the FCTC commissioner. She was very well known. She's very young, early 30s, but she wrote a paper about Amazon uh, and that uh, 
it's how it abuses power. Um, she wrote it at Yale Law School, which kind of like made her a rising star. But the whole point is that there's all these lawsuits, and this is a big blow because people have been saying, "Are you bringing lawsuits against big tech, like for vibes? You know what I mean? Like just to like it's a vibey thing." It's like, oh, big tech is bad. Let's bring these lawsuits. Yeah. Or we actually bring you ones that can win. And not to say that big tech shouldn't be wrangled, but if you're just kind of taking shots everywhere, A, you're diluting the talent of the lawyers at the DOJ and the FTC to bring these lawsuits, right? If you have five cases going, you're not going to have the best people in every case. So you're diluting your efforts. And this was a pretty big blow. Like, um, they tried to stop Microsoft from acquiring Activision. And the way they did that was, you know, first of all, Microsoft closed this deal that makes them the third largest game maker in the world after Sony and Tencent. So is that antitrust if Microsoft is only the third largest? Like, well, I mean, what below just like top level? If I told you Microsoft is yeah. the third largest game maker after this deal, is is it ringing in your head that it's a monopoly? No. But I don't, I don't know the uh, what's the exact definition of monopoly nowadays? Because when I learned it That's twenty a, years ago, it was like more than nineteen percent or something like that. In the UK, there was you nailed rule. it, dude. Yeah. You nailed it. The question, the main question of these uh, antitrust cases is you have to define the market. So the UK said this is a cloud gaming market because that is the play that Xbox is making, right? Microsoft oh, right, yeah. has been around for twenty plus years. I think I think Microsoft has lost money in the life of Xbox. Uh, the hardware system. They have not made money over the course of it. They're, they obviously believe that the future of gaming is like Netflix for film, it's streaming. So if you want to build a streaming product, you have subscribers, right? Same way with the Netflix or Disney Plus model. And what do you have to have in a subscription model? You have to have inventory. You have to have video games. So UK basically said, well, Microsoft is trying to be the monopoly for streaming video games. If they buy Activision, they might take Call of Duty off of Sony, as an example, right? The PlayStation won't have Call of Duty. So the last 20 months was basically getting Microsoft defining its gaming ambitions. But actually, they actually got a lot of concessions. I don't know if you saw it there, but I wrote some of the concessions. Uh, if you can read, uh, I don't know if you can read them out, but it's uh they basically got Microsoft to instead of you know hey I promise I'll let Sony keep games on their platform they have to write in contracts that Sony can keep using Call of Duty for X amount of years right or or whatever World of Warcraft. Yeah, I'm looking. At, have you got it open in front of you? No, if you want to read it, uh, I, I uh, was it. It made an agreement with Nintendo. This one. Yeah, to they bring also did Call Nintendo. of Duty to Switch. Yeah, and it entered several agreements. Uh, for the first time to bring Activision content to several cloud gaming services. Uh, yeah, I don't, this is the part where you said concession, so I'm not sure. Oh, there's a big one. Yeah, there's a big concession, actually. Uh, in the UK, Microsoft will allow Ubisoft, a competing game developer, to handle the licensing of Activision's oh, yeah, okay. own games. So that's a that's, pretty big concession. That's a big one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big one. So I guess the lawsuit did work in the sense that it forced Microsoft to make concessions. And, uh, I guess without the lawsuit, that obviously wouldn't have happened. So there is something. Probably would not have happened. But trying a bigger question, I guess, to what you said earlier was, are they doing this for vibes, right? Like, are they, do they actually think they can win any of these? Like, have there been many that have been won? Like, if you look at the big tech kind of suits that have been out there so far? Uh, Epic tried to go after uh, Apple's uh, uh, App Store. Um, Epic and a lot of apps and uh, developers did. They didn't actually win the case, but Apple has, you can tell Apple is actually kind of backpedaling as in they've installed the, if you make under a million dollars, you will only take 15%. Or if you do a subscription service, year one is 30% uh, of uh, any money you make, year two is 15%. So Apple's realizing that What's they're the kind of trying to get ahead of that? that. Is it is it 30% above a million? If it's even more than a million, it's 30%. Yeah. 30%. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so Apple has been on the back foot a bit. And so they are seeing the writing on the wall and they're trying to, you know, get ahead of it. So, yeah, I think it's maybe unfair to say they're only doing, I'm not saying they're doing it for vibes. There's legitimate cases. What I mean by vibes is, are you putting enough wood behind each arrow to win these cases? Or are you just kind of shooting about uh, and trying to 
poop uh, companies on their back foot. You know what? It might even be it might even be effective in the sense of like these big tech companies are so powerful. Yeah. Uh, you are forcing them to make decisions. Like for example, actually they 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 made Facebook unwind the deal for VR company, or they blocked it outright, and Facebook had to sell Giphy. So they have had wins, but those wins people are critical of because like you're stopping Facebook from acquiring a VR company when the metaverse might not even be a thing, but then Apple is still just the three trillion dollar gorilla, which is gate uh, gatekeeping everyone, right? Uh, yeah. So I guess more of the criticism is not the vibes, but are you going after the right people? And uh, are you bringing cases that can win? That's what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. Do you think that um, uh, this is probably a wider discussion, but the the opposite side to that idea is um, that these guys have become the most powerful because in technology, the you become a monopoly essentially when power you've got laws, the best right? yeah, like, power laws. If you're the best search engine for exactly. your former employer, as an example, <laughs> everyone you're gonna will have eighty percent market share yeah. or whatever or plus. And so I guess the question is, what 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 is the intention of all of these? I'm I'm assuming the intention is just to look out for consumers and also look out for the fairness of the market, so that they're not just completely dominating and people can still compete with them. They're not gonna extract value um what what's the word there's a there's an economic phrase for this um where you're basically surplus just value. surplus value yeah exactly you're basically no, just you're taking right. the piss of in the market yeah. you're going to take 30 percent instead of 15 like you're not actually creating good level of competition that's probably the intent right am i missing anything else apart from that no no it is that's 100 percent is like uh well, if you go back to early 20th century, the point of these antitrust laws was around like standard oil is what got broken up, right? It's like uh, the structure is like, can one company own the entire energy market in the United States? It's like standard oil under Johnny Rockefeller owned the refineries, uh, the uh, exploration, the railroads that delivered uh, or, or had very strong relations or uh, anti-competitive relations, if you will, with the railroads that deliver the energy. So, yeah, it's like can when somebody is in such a strong position, there is an incentive to abuse it, right? Like you're trying to squeeze out. Every, it's like you said, you're taking a pitch, you're trying to squeeze every last dollar. Yeah. Dollar. Uh, so let's actually look at this from Microsoft's angle. Uh, I don't know necessarily if it's anti-competitive. Um, Microsoft's been very smart, right? Because they went through antitrust case famously in the late 90s when they're bundling uh uh internet explorer just a billy gates browser billy gates ever. Finest. yeah Bill, william h gates uh yeah. man the uh uh the 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 deposition videos of slick uh slick willie during that time unreal slick. man <laughs> slick but before i get into the uh the uh microsoft's deals in satya well you're gonna list them off for us I gotta say, I had a buddy that used to call Bill Clinton Slick Willie. <laughs> just like that That's great. Incredible. That sounds Dude. like a really off-brand rapper from yeah. the 90s or something. Well, you know? I mean, if you listeners want to have a good laugh, just uh, think about how two of the biggest and most important people in the uh, the mid-90s were both called Bill and how they were known uh, to be, uh, you know, kind of dogs. <laughs> slick Willie. <laughs> think about the word Slick Willie. That uh, is just when you said Slick Willie, I was thinking of like Slick Rick meets Pretty Ricky. That's what went oh, in yeah, my yeah. head. Pretty Ricky from Fair the two thousands. There you go. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, blah, you want to uh, you want to list off some of the things? Uh, first of all, uh, tell listeners how I bullet pointed that for you, just so you knew what was up. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So uh, you said Big Dick Satya. So Satya <laughs> Nandela, for people who don't know, is the CEO of Microsoft. He came in twenty fourteen, I think, or he became CEO yeah. in twenty fourteen. Since then, they've done. 326 M&A deals worth of $170 billion in total. That is a lot of spending. List some of those bad boys off. So we got GitHub bill. here. GitHub yeah, $7.5 billion in 2018. ZeniMax $7.5 billion in 2021. Game Publisher. Yeah, Nuance in $20, $20 billion in 2022. Um, is it Mojang with a J? Yeah, Mojang. Mojang $2.5 billion uh, in 2014. And then obviously LinkedIn everyone's favorite platform 26 billion in 2016 <laughs> so that is yeah i mean that's some huge i mean that's only was that five no, but think about there. those deals though right so nuances in health tech uh, for ai but it's like those are across like that none of those is like oh this is antitrust like they're very smart now but yeah. they have to be right and like 
they're but a lot of it is they're, they're playing PR in the sense of like, so they got smacked hard. So Microsoft, you have to remember in the 2000s, they missed everything. They missed social. They missed the telephone, mobile, uh, mobile smartphone. And a lot of people think it's because they're on their back feet, right? They couldn't be like, if you were to drop a product at Microsoft in the early 2000s, it'd go through like 10 levels of uh, legal review, right? So like the innovation engine slowed down at Microsoft. You know, listen, they were, let, let's be honest, like Slick Willie was doing some pretty Slick Willie stuff. Yeah, and then the he Microsoft stepped Windows away. operating system, right? It's like- Oh, oh you mean like, yeah, 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 sorry. He was doing yeah. some slick stuff as in, that, yeah, that's how I, they were so powerful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Not the more yeah, I was saying stuff. slick in a good way. Not, I was like the not, yeah. Mandela style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Slick Willie, Bill Gates, uh, who I've uh, been calling Slick Willie. And for the listeners that are, that are so confused <laughs> at this point, uh, which Slick Willie I'm referring to. But uh, yeah, so like they've, uh, I, I, I had some notes there, but they're, uh, I think their top lawyer is Brad Smith, a guy named Brad Smith, very knows Washington very well. And basically for the past decade plus, they're like, they've rebuilt themselves as this good corporate citizen. Uh, and, you know, they, they've completely turned the narrative. And they have flipped the model, right? Windows is irrelevant now. Like, the entire business is built around Azure, uh, cloud computing, like, uh, and obviously the productivity suite. So, yeah, they're, uh, uh, I don't, I, I, listen, I'm not a lawyer. Like, for the love of God, people, no investment advice, no legal advice. But I, I very much... Uh, uh, kind of like since that lawsuit happened, it's been 20 months. It's kind of crazy, right? And we covered this 20 months ago. Yeah, that's why. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. So like, we'll see if it's actually for the gaming ambitions, right? The, other thing, the main point I was going to say is like, when you have as much cash as Microsoft, there just aren't that many things you can do to move the needle, right? It's the same issue with Apple. Same issue with Google. Yeah. So like all these platforms have tried, uh, have all tried streaming video games. Like Amazon's tried it. Google start Google Stadia. They shut. Yeah. They both of them shut it they down. Shut it down, yeah. Because they saw these as big opportunities because how big gaming is. Because there's there aren't that many things also they can do right to really move the needle. So it sounds like the Activision from uh, I think a big part of it was Activision had lost so much value uh, two years ago because of this big uh, scandal around the uh, the company. Uh, a lot of uh, sexual harassment uh, lawsuits were filed. Uh, it looked like the upper management. We're talking about Slick Willies. It looked like the Activision upper management were a bunch slick of Slick Willies. willies. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So these, go. guys, so these guys, uh, the company just actually looked good from a valuation standpoint. And Microsoft just coming in with their Canon and cash because they didn't really have any. I mean, oh, what bro, else you can't be do? saying Canon now straight after that too. Jesus oh, yeah. <laughs> Canon. Okay. Slick Willies. Jesus Christ. Uh, All right. At this yeah, point, the listeners are, if you're still listening at this point, you just haven't been, yo, Chung's off his game job. this week. Yeah, we respect you. Away. We respect you. Yeah, we, you're off. So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, it's going through basically. Um, and so, yeah, massive acquisition. I guess the, the one thing I did want to ask you about was, you, you kind of brought it up there, like how these big companies, big tech especially, how they can continue to grow and innovate. Because at some point you tap out, like even I experienced that where, you could have, like I've worked on a $300 million business that just wasn't- what company? At Alphabet, formerly known as Google, right? And so the, I remember they shut that down because it wasn't big enough. Right? The 300 that, mil? Yeah, and, and that is like, I uh, hope that's not private information, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was. I mean, it's it, that was the gross amount. It wasn't like Google's take because it was- No, I mean, they're famous, right? Google, there's a website, I think it's called, called Google Graveyard of all the- startups yeah. and, and, and programs and features that they launched and they just shut yeah. down like a week Yeah, later. yeah, which, and I I will say to their defense as well, it's like that is their, if you think of Alphabet, I mean, Apple on one side and Google Alphabet on the other, that that is the two opposite kind of philosophies of how you create and launch products. Apple is like, we're going to be very specific with what we pick. We're going to have four or five really good products, iPhone, Mac, iPod back in the day, iPad, watch, whatever, AirPods. And we're just going to go hard and they're going to be beautiful. Everything's going to work. Whereas the Google approach is always, we're going to have 500 products and the top seven will become billion plus people using them. But so that's always been the approach. It's experimental and it's, it's different. It's like software mostly, not really hardware most of the time. And obviously now they have changed that a little bit. Um, so I, it's fine. Like that's going to happen with that approach. But there is this thing of 
like that company could have easily thrived if it was in a smaller, medium-sized company. Yeah. And, and it was still, you know, it was, it was working. People were using that service. It was completely fine. But it was just never going to become the 10x growth that they needed, which, which makes sense. So they did the right thing. But that is kind of like the what is all the way of saying these companies for them to really keep growing the way they they need to. They need to do stuff like this. They need to go and buy an Activision right. or and like you know back in the day for Google it was YouTube, uh, for Facebook it was WhatsApp, it was Instagram. For like, a little bit less than sixty nine billion dollars. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, WhatsApp wasn't that far. I mean, because what was WhatsApp? That's 20, true. Twenty bill and like yeah, yeah, ten years ago. And ten it's years crazy. ago, with inflation, that's probably a trillion dollars now. Yeah, 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 exactly. But anyway, so yeah, it is interesting to see because on the one hand, like we want these companies to continue creating products because they, you know, generally are pretty good products for people. A lot of the time, they're free and stuff like that. But at the same time, you want smaller companies to be able to compete, and there's like this fine line in the middle, and it's 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 a hard thing to get right. So uh, yeah, good for good for Microsoft anyway. Anything else on that before we move on to more games being played with Shams versus Adrian? There we go. No, or, Shams versus Woj. Woj Bilal's shown his lack of NBA knowledge. Yeah, just, yeah. Like I, just like I just like I show my lack of knowledge in, uh, uh, what was it? For, so, what's the name of your guy? The European guy? Uh, Fabrizio Romano. Okay, so Bilal, let me, let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, let's transition, so, there we a, go. A, a big piece came out from the New York, uh, New York Meg Intelligentsia. They did 35 minute read on Shams. That's when you know you made it as a cultural figure. If you get in the New Yorker or NY Meg and you get a 35 minute read, that's when you've broken through culture. Um, that's my like uh, benchmark for breaking through culture. So Shams, what's funny is the numbers I'm about to tell you, you're gonna laugh. Shams has 2 million followers on Twitter. Woj has 6 million. Your boy has 30 million. Can you actually pull up how much your guy has? Yeah, let's pull like, him up. Because he's got right? a massive amount. Fabrizio's got 25 million on Instagram. Bro, and on Twitter, I think he's massive on Twitter too. He's AKX. massive. Uh, he's got 18.9 million Bro, do you know how followers? many followers? 18.9 Dude, so everything I'm saying is a joke versus Fabrizio apparently. But here's a big key. European football, does does Fabrizio have a competitor that's even in the ballpark? Wouldn't say in terms of size, but it's getting there. There's a guy called um David Ornstein, aka okay. the Orni or- or- Orni. People call him okay. Orni sometimes. Slick, Orni. Slick Orni. Orni, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he is he's very good. I mean, I like him personally because I think he's He's less sensational. So like Fabrizio does a good job. He's very connected. I've, I've read a bit about him. He's, you know, he's, he's had an incredible come up. Like you could probably make a movie about how he became the guy he is in football. Um, but there are some people who criticize him because he kind of, it feels like sometimes, and this is not me saying this, but people have criticized him saying he's in, you know, he's, he's so chummy with the agents and he's got kind of a lot of power in a way because he can. He's start- basically a clearinghouse for their information. Exactly, and he, dude, you nailed it. He can it. hype this them what- up. He can yeah. hype them up, and then that will create competition for a player, and then rise the price of that player. So, but this is this is what it. it comes down to, right? We joke about small and big J journalism, but this is actually like this is a larger point about Shans versus Woj and uh, Fabrizio. This is not journalism for purists. They see this as favor trading, as compromised uh, reporting, because everything you just said is exactly the criticism of Woj and Shams. So I'll tell you basically what happened is 10 years ago, ESPN, the, the biggest uh, company in sports, the, the leader in sports, is uh, they used to actually do deep reporting, right? like investigative reports about the NBA. You might get like a 5,000 word piece, year long investigated report on drug use in the NBA, like uh, maybe called steroids. I'm just making it up. Like I'm giving you a hypothetical, right? Yeah. But something that's deeply researched where you need lots of resources uh, to have a legal protection uh, and uh, make sure everything's fact-checked, right? So that was like ESPN 10 years ago. Like they used to have really, really good in-depth writing. They still do. A deep investigative style. Yeah. yeah. So- but what are we, we're in the social media era, uh, era now. So much of basketball, like I'm the perfect example. I don't watch full games of basketball anymore. I watch yeah. highlights on YouTube. House of Highlights I, is big as also well. Also highlights. 
I watch uh, and I and I follow a couple accounts like Kevin O'Connor and uh, Worldwide Wob on Twitter, and I'll just watch basketball on Twitter in the evening through Twitter clips or X clips, right? So, and, and also when I'm on there, I'm consuming the drama of the NBA, similar to how a, a football has a transfer windows. Hey, where's Mbappe going? Is Mbappe going to take the $700 million offer from Saudi Arabia? Is he going to go to Man City? X, Y, Z. Same with basketball, right? It's like, oh, where's Damian Lillard going to get traded? Is he going to stay in Portland? He says he doesn't want to stay there. He wants to uh, go to a championship team. Like the off-season stuff, the story of basketball has gotten almost bigger than the game itself, right? And Shams and Woj are the two most important people in that story because they're the guys that are breaking where player X goes to, what team player Y goes to, the negotiations. But everything that you mentioned is exactly happening to them. So I'm going to say a bit from this article, and then I love your thoughts on it. So the compromise they have is this. Why do players leak information to Shams and Woj? Exactly what you said, Bilal. If it's free agency, they'll tell somebody, oh, four more teams want this guy. You should force your trading partner to up their offer because I'm going to leak and say, oh, uh, the Chicago Bulls just offered five extra draft picks for this guy, right? So if you're a general manager of a basketball team, these guys are ways for you to get leverage in negotiations, right? And for Shams and Woj, what did they do get out of it? ESPN pays uh, Adrian Wojnarowski $7 million a year because he draws so much attention to the league. Shams, this is the controversy, he works with The Athletic, which was acquired by the New York Times, the most traditional journalistic organization in America, right? The Grey Lady. Like, a lot of people in New York Times are like, wow, Shams doesn't do real reporting. He's very tight with his sources. And he, not only that, he has a side deal with FanDuel, the uh, gaming, uh, the sports gaming casino app, essentially. Are we okay with this? New York Times' whole point is like, oh, we have running a business in sports. We can't pay this guy. So Shams gets paid six hundred grand yeah. by New York Times. Six hundred. But he can make that six hundred grand. That's nothing because yeah. he can make millions. He does make millions from these sports betting apps. So the sports betting apps. So New York Times allowed that to happen. So the newsroom in the New York Times is like losing their mind. They're like, Shams is the highest paid person under the New York Times umbrella. This guy does no real reporting. He likes is really close to his sources. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it in terms of I'm not a journalist. We joke about it. I'm a lower J journalist. Yeah. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yo, Shams, get that cheddar, brother. Yeah. yeah Shams works, bro. This yeah, guy works definitely. 18 hours a day. On vacation, he works 12 hours because if this is year-round business. The yes, point it's is always on reporting this sort of stuff. Exactly. And I think the con I think a lot of people that are critical about this is like, what is he actually doing? He's sending out a news update 30 seconds before. AP does or ESPN does, right? But and that, that he scooped that, that is valuable. Yeah, that right? I mean, that's how newspapers work for a long time. Like you, you're valuable because you were the first to break it. And then obviously back in the day, you'd have more checks than nowadays. It, it just changed completely where everything goes, sort of thing. It's interesting because I'd say he's closer to and David Ornstein because David Ornstein also now is with the Athletic, and oh. so again, without knowing a lot about Shams. Um, like Ornstein, the reason I say I kind of prefer him is because, for example, where Fabrizio will make 20 posts about one transfer, David Ornstein might make two. You know, okay. and so for me, I had like notifications on in the transfer window for Ornstein, but not Fabrizio. Because Fabrizio, you get like a 200 a day or something. And then with uh, David Ornstein, it's a bit more curated and it feels a little bit more like, oh, when it's really news, he's going to tell me an update versus like, Correct, rewriting the same thing like 10 different ways yeah so i don't know what shams style is but he, it's obviously working for him so good he, he's him. much more woji yeah he, he's much more like the fabrizio it's just got like it, he gets it. a scoop and drops it but uh so woj was like the big dog for a decade and he actually brought in shams uh i believe at yahoo or esp i can't remember if it's yahoo or espn but the whole point i think it was yahoo but the whole point is this this is like a Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader story. And like Woj versus Shams. So Woj, when he tweets, it's called the Woj bomb. It's like, Woj will be like... Yeah, like uh, ours is yeah, own bomb. Yeah. It's the same oh, thing. Yeah, bomb. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. my goodness, right? Like hashtag Woj bomb, a huge scoop. But um, yeah, the last thing I'll say is uh, I do not envy 
this guy's lives. I oh, would not want tough, it. Man. Everything yeah. we just said, it's about the scoop. If somebody beats you by 30 seconds, like you've lost that day. So just to give you the idea, Shams stopped playing pickup basketball because while he was playing pickup once, he missed a massive Boston Celtics scoop. And he's like, I can never do that again. So this, it's not a good life, man. Like You person, gotta stop selling your time, brother. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know, right? You gotta read that Naval thread. And uh, But even Wode, right? Like, dude, no, like lot, you've made so much cheddar, bro. Like you don't need to be on twenty four hours. Yeah, no, that that's the thing because I think by that point it's less about the money; it's them staying on top. It's like I'm the guy ego. who does the ego. scoop, and I get it. And it's fair enough if that's your game. Like you're gonna keep playing at the highest level. That's what it takes. But yeah, that is I agree, man. It's not a, a life I envy at all. But respect to them for doing it. Um, that is kind of cool though that he was under his wing and then he's has he kind of taken over or not? Is it like they're both? No, he hasn't taken level? over yet. Like a woe just still. So this is the way it's described. Woj is closer with the owners and management. And uh, and it sounds like Shams is trying to make his hay with the agents and the players. Got so it. like two different angles. It's like the power structure of old- Top industry. down for us, bottom yeah, up in a way. Exactly. Yeah. So Though um, they're all very top either way, but you know. But everybody involved wants, everybody wins when both of them are involved, right? Because they get to play things off of them you know what i mean it's a really interesting topic though because you can like you're right this because things are moving so fast there's so many things that can go wrong and like and again just knowing the football side like it definitely puts the price up of like like for example there's a guy declan rice who went to arsenal this uh summer for over 100 million basically and it was this thing where Every update was like it started at 70, then it went up to 80, and then it was like, oh, there's murmurings of Man City interested, but it's like, are they really, or is this like a, a rumor? And then they actually do become interested, and it just like it just keeps building up, building up, and then there's a time constraint of the end of the transfer window as well. I don't know in, in NBA, is there like a time that you can trade players and stuff only? You can't do it yeah, in the middle off of the season. season. Off season. No, off you, can season. Trade, you can trade during the year, but free agency is what's big. There's like Got a two-month okay, okay. window where players get signed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, no, kind dude, of a, it's, like, it's, it's a lot of similarities, though. It's very interesting. No, it is. That's why I wanted you to talk about Fabrizio. So uh, let me actually ask you, is like, I mean, just as a total objective, you know, we're both bystanders at third parties in terms of journalism ethics. It's like, how do you How do you feel about the idea of these guys? They're not journalists. They're like something different completely. And they're using internet-first medium of X. Uh, to get like they built a power base like he has two million followers right that's what gets him this multi-million dollar yeah. contract and like it's not because you're a good journalist actually his writing is that i guess the so question bad. is what is a good journalist in 2023 though that's right. that's another question because i think you're right like i still respect the the deep analysis investigative journalism checking sources all the ethics that you've had for generations but I guess another way of looking at it, and I don't necessarily agree with this take, but the, it's like supply and demand, right? Like there's a there's a demand for this kind of like rumor report style stuff, where it's like, oh, there's a there's murmurings of this happening, and I'm gonna go to this person because he moves quicker than the other person, and I guess maybe like that's what people want, right? Like if they just want the speed of the story, um, and there aren't any, they're not necessarily breaking any legal like laws i guess i don't know maybe they are but that's that, no, they're not breaking that, any laws they're not breaking yeah. laws. it's all ethics right it's, it's like, ethics yeah 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 but like again who is determining ethics and like this this is the speed of the internet right this is like it goes back do you know what it's the theme of nia jack butcher's favorite attention attention wins shams yeah. has two million followers because he gets the first scoop the fastest scoop or, or him and Woj do and they get the Woj is a I think the highest paid journalist at ESPN or journal again journalist right like uh like uh air quotes he used to be a really good journalist a good writer but uh now he's like scoop guy but um yeah interesting this is all this is to me this is edge of the internet in the sense of like the it's another it's another feather in the cap of when you wield attention no matter what industry it's in because attention is the last scarce resource you get the power you get the money yeah there we go that's perfect put that one on a t-shirt there bro that is perfect way to segue into taylor swift talking of attention here we oh. go um do you know what i might just play our boy Callow's one minute video because yeah, i it. think I, I was listening to it this morning and uh i'll 
say everyone should go follow our boy Kane Calloway. I think he's a he's an NIA listener as well and a friend of the pod. Kane, yeah, yeah, yeah. he up, listens Kane? to the pod and was on Creator Lab where he breaks down how he makes these sort of videos. So I'm just gonna quickly share this video. He's got over a billion views on TikTok now and Instagram. So really Yo! killing it here. Run it, run it. All right, so this is from our boy Kane Calloway. You can follow him at, at Kane Calloway on TikTok, Instagram. Um, Damn, dude. Here's a one-minute summary of what Taylor Swift just done this weekend. Hollywood is not happy with Taylor Swift because it turns out she may have just broken the film industry. This weekend, Taylor debuted her Eras tour film. It's already done $100 million in ticket sales. For reference, that... That's the sixth highest of any movie this year in the same category as Spider-Man and Barbie. But it's not the ticket sales that's making Hollywood mad. It's the split. Because in a savage business move, she completely cut them out. A normal movie looks something like this. There's four main parties. The movie producers, the Hollywood studios, AMC, and the local theaters. Now typically, the movie producer will sell the film rights to a Hollywood studio. Because the studios control the relationship with AMC and have the money to fund the marketing to get eyes on the trailers. You don't use a studio, your movie's not getting seen. Now all four parties get a cut of the profit, but guess who gets the majority? the studios. They take up to 70% of the income from the opening weekend. But Taylor said, Bro, these graphics are Why fresh. Why do we need a Hollywood yeah, studio? I, I can pay for the filming myself and I have a massive audience. With one Instagram post, I can done. get tens audience. of millions of people to know about this movie. So she cut them out. She made a deal directly with AMC. Mm. All three groups made more money and Hollywood got nothing. Now, believe it or not, Hollywood isn't that mad about Taylor's movie specifically. I'm sure they would have loved to have made 70 million with zero effort, but their problem is much bigger than that. What they're really mad about is that she broke into the vault and shared the secret recipe for how to beat them. Now, any group of actors with an audience has a playbook for going direct. And Taylor wins again. There we go. Killed it. So Killed what, it. what I will say is this. Uh, great great breakdown. Yeah. Um, I'll give more context. Is obviously Taylor's Eras Tour is going to make $2 billion. Like It'll be the, yeah. it'll be the first tour to make a bill. Be the first tour to make $2 bill. Yeah, we did a whole um, breakdown of the biggest concerts yeah, of all time and all the tours. It's crushing. And then she just has extra, like, it's just another medium to, to push through content. So the breakdown was great from our boy. But what I would say, the difference I'd say is uh, you got to beat Taylor. I mean, to, to do, first of all, she did 100 mil. There right? aren't many Taylor Swift. Yeah. Beyonce won't even sniff that. Beyonce is going straight to theaters also. She might get 20 mil opening weekend. Uh, I think the interesting thing, uh, sorry, Trung, but regardless of that number 20 or 100, is the fact that she's making five to 10x more going direct, which right. I think- and she's going straight like, to AMC. It's going straight to AMC, whereas it's kind of like, uh, the other thing we've talked about is like books, right? Like for a long time, if you put a book out with a big publisher, you might get like 10% of sales. And now you can go direct, sell a lot less even, even on a smaller scale and make eight times the right. amount per book. So you can make 90% per book instead of 10. And so again, obviously you're right. Like there's only one Taylor Swift. She's got 300 million followers or whatever it is. But I think there's something interesting there around, you know, going direct. It's about the like audience that. question, right? It's exactly, another example yeah. of going direct. Um, I'd say the the more interesting thing with Taylor, uh, I mean, it just kind of does prove how one of one she is though. It's like to have a hundred million opening weekend. It's wild. It's for a movie. For a movie Sixth biggest opening this year versus like Spider-Man and these other yeah, big films. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it just makes her look like, I mean, she's true. This, she's the beast. She is the gorilla in the room right now. Uh, she's the biggest. Uh, like Drake could not do 100 mil out there. He doesn't have do you the think anyone has come close to what she's doing in like, from a, you know, this is a business podcast. So from a business point of view, the way she's played this, this last year has this been energy incredible. Level? Yeah. The only thing that are even, I mean, we talked about it, right? Is like U2 over the past decade with their, their, their big tours, uh, Elton John, these older acts, but like this concentrated moment, rare. Maybe with Michael pop Jackson. With pop culture too, though, right? Like the relevance yeah, of her exactly. in pop culture, Dating even us Travis talking Kelchi, about it. NFL's tapping her to get oh, more yeah. into NFL, the biggest sporting uh, uh, league in the world, tapping her, uh, biggest in terms of revenue, uh, 20 yeah. billion a year. But, um, I'd have to say Thriller with Michael Jackson was a huge cultural Oh yeah, that was incredible. Because yeah. th because they dropped the 
the music video on MTV. Yeah, that was the first one, right? Like Real, the first yeah, that one, that a, level, that level of like storytelling. realize what you could do with the medium and then Beatlemania in the 60s. So like we're reaching that level. And obviously we on the previous episode, I did mention the parallels of Beatlemania. But yeah, interesting, a great breakdown. And a shout out, on the edit on that because I did hear blank space the instrumental in the background there we go well yeah and I will say he puts in a lot of effort like that might have taken him eight hours to do that one video oh so you did that episode himself. after Zaid it was before Zaid it was okay. before it was two, both, two three episodes ago both, and I will uh, say friends of the pod both friends homies. of pod and yeah I would just say genuinely like the reason I picked those two to break down TikTok was because they've got two kind of different approaches with similar results like they're both killing it on TikTok and Instagram, but the way Callaway does it is like high production. Like he, he shows literally writing a script out, how we take stuff out, his formula. And he's actually got a really good newsletter as well, where he, he's breaking down everything from the, the back and how much he's making, how he's doing brand deals. Like for anyone who's interested in making short form video, he's like a 100% follower. There's no question about that. And he, yeah, he's uh, he's been in our world for a while. I think he was in Visualized Value community and stuff as well. So Money. he's definitely a friend of the pod. Um, all right, anything else on that before we get to the main event, the bread off, crowning the world's greatest bread? Just uh, if you can just give listeners- uh, Things I didn't think I'd ever say on the pod, by the way. <laughs> Dude, we, I mean, bro, what do you- Wait, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on that one, Ashley. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. One of the it's first episodes NIA. we did. Very... One of the first episodes we did was me roasting British food, and uh, and I think I came out of that a uh, roasting of British cuisine by saying the national dish is chicken tikka masala. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, which I think we all agreed on. So, can you actually give a preamble of what Taste Atlas Taste Atlas is? They made a list of fifty breads the top breads in the world. Uh, if you want to read out actually the number one bread in the description they gave. Yeah, let's have a look here. So I think number one they ranked is Roti yeah. Kanai, which is that Malaysian, right? Oh, yeah. If no, you can I, give will, a... I, I do want to give a shout out because there's butter naan is number three. Okay, here, there's another naan up there. Naan number eight, okay. uh, which is funny because, you know, there, there are two types of naan. There's also, I want to give a shout out to my personal favorite paratha, number 29 on the list. <laughs> so there's a well, lot dude, of brown food there. And well, I'll can also you throw say- some European, Throw some love for the European. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, European what else one? we got here? Focaccia, number six. Baguette, number seven. Okay. Um, what else is there? Oh, number four, Nan i Barbary, which is Iranian, I believe, yep. uh, as well. So there's another type of focaccia, number 13. Scallion pancake, 15. That's, oh, the, Asia, I mean, I think Asia. that's pretty low. That's That should be higher up, I think. But uh, let me hit you with a quick thing though. So like, Obviously, anything on these lists, they're designed to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, designed yeah, for engagement, course, yeah. right? Yeah. So I posted this on uh, Twitter or X, and uh, immediately, immediately, somebody's like, uh, so many comments, right? Well, I think one actually was funny. He's like, no German bread in the top 10. Like, this is criminal. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no German so, bread. <laughs> so actually, if you can actually, so the, the what this is actually based on, Yeah. 15,000 people voted. And then Taste Atlas said something like, I read their methodology. There's no methodology here. Yeah. They're like, we try to take patriotism out of it. And like, we tried to make sure that uh, every, there was no bodying of the uh, the voting. What does that even mean, dude? It sounds like you just like surveyed 10,000 people and like yeah. kind of like slapped the list together. I think Having that any that, of these food lists are always stupid because it's like, I remember once we talked about it on the pod as well, it's like the best cuisine or something. And it was so... I mean, there was literally like Indian food was like in the top five and Pakistani food was 40 and they're very similar. Like <laughs> Pakistani food and Indian food have a Japan massive and Italy. I, I think we can all agree. Japan and Italy are 1A, 1B. I, I, I mean, I, it's hard to beat. It's I know the French, well, the French will throw uh, like, because uh, well, obviously Michelin is from I France. love French I food. I, I think it's overrated. That's I my I think it's overrated. Take. Yeah. Butter's in, what is it? Solution, everything's more butter, right? It's like, great. I, I, love, I love French food as well, but it's just like one of those things. I think it's like this thing where people got this European centric, like high end fine dining thing. And it's just this mentality where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's a little bit biased as well. But uh, yeah, that's a controversial the, uh, topic. Here's the, uh, everything I said about Taste Atlas, I will give them this. Here's my read through of uh, the uh, Roti Kanai. The mastery of roti kanai lies in its preparation as the dough is skillfully pan fried to create a heavenly juxtaposition of a crispy golden brown exterior and a tender melt in your mouth interior. 
The piece de resistance, however, lies in the perfect pairing of this delightful flatbread <laughs> with aromatic curry or dal, resulting in an explosion of flavors that dance harmoniously on the taste buds. What I will say about roti canai is this. Nothing compares to the crispy outside and the and the the, the, the feathery interior. Yeah, I, some baguettes are close to that, but it's just like it's just not the same. The roti but the canai, pairing it with the dal and the curry, dude, the, the like the, the dip, bro, the dip. That's the way you go. I mean, it's what I will say, the reason man. I called out the other Indian slash you know Pakistan has the same uh, you know bread as well. Roti canai. I look. I don't know the history here. I have been to Malaysia. Incredible! I love the food there. I've been to Malaysia. We can talk about how good Malaysian food is. Yeah, I think it's also kind of underrated in in a lot of ways because people think of other Asian food. When you say a side of dal, a side of curry, I mean I will say that sounds a bit brown to me too. Like, because obviously there's Indian people that have moved. Oh, you're uh, saying is this Malaysian Malaysian roti canai or is it roti? It is. I mean, it is Malaysian. The same way chicken tikka masala is English. You know what I mean? Like it comes from that part of the world and there were people I don't know to, when they moved you're trying to claim it, it for the subcontinent <laughs> yeah, yeah you're trying to claim I mean, it for the similar, subcontinent it's like when you go to a Trinidad spot and you get roti there that is also from it's a, it's a Trinidad food right but Commonwealth. it comes it, it comes from the Indian background right like they made that sort of food so I will say Indian style bread dipped with some sort of curry that is hard to beat man you know what I mean there's very very difficult oh, to be goodness dude that is uh yeah so i let, 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 let me leave on this we're supposed to do the meme of the week i Maybe was we'll gonna show ask... the video but yeah let's show we... the 20 video. second 20 yeah, second version can you do just the part where he eats so there's this dude yeah. on tiktok i just want to show the part <laughs> so where he good. eats the butter chicken yeah that's all i've got, like, I've got yeah. bro so this dude tries food for the first time international he went to an indian restaurant gets garlic for naan, the first time it's so onion beautiful. pakora and the uh, butter chicken but here's the hilarious part he eats the butter chicken like it's a soup. Uh, that, but not only that, he honest. uses he uses a fork. A fork. The dude's eating soup. First of it's all, so butter chicken. Ernest, I love his. Yeah, all right, yeah let's let's show it because again, most people are only listening to this, but you can click through on YouTube and check this out yeah. or search on. I mean, there's there's we can link. No, to no, the, come, the no tweet. come to YouTube, brother. Come to YouTube and drop a comment too for us. Um, let me just share my screen. This is the twenty second version here. So this is him is trying this butter chicken for the oh, first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, here we go. So this dude, okay, dude, here we What's go. What's his name again? Uh, Luke Foods. Yeah, Luke. Luke Foods. Okay. Hit it. Nothing. So thankfully, I had a fork in my car. But yeah. <laughs> bro, bro, look at no, look at his it's eyes. Right. Look at his eye. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap! This might be the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. What okay, is this? Let me chill out. This chicken is. Like it's like liquid; it just melts in. Bro, so good. Let me opine on this. Oh my god! So, Luke, the holy crap is so good. Luke, if you listen to this on the infinitesimal chance you listen to this, hit us up. We want you on the pod. Oh, let me 100%. say this. Yeah. Let me say this. Ten seconds before he said that chicken, uh, the butter chicken was might be the greatest thing ever tasted. He tried a garlic <laughs> naan, and he has a bite of the garlic naan, and he goes. Oh my God! This is the best bread I've ever had. Yes, brother. It's hard Garlic to beat. Garlic naan and butter chicken is the greatest combination in the history of mankind. That's that is that, that might, I might say I agree with that, even though it's the Anglo version of Indian food, yeah, which sure. I am obviously proud of being from the the Great British Isles. But I will say one thing: this is more for the real foodies. If you ever get a chance to get paratha number. Was it twenty eight or thirty eight or something on the list? Paratha have you ever had okay. paratha before? I don't. I'm gonna have to Google. How do you spell paratha it? Paratha is kind of like looks. Uh, I mean, uh, P A R A T H A is Describe how I would spell it. it. I'm gonna look it up to tell you if I've it's ever. It's kind had of it. like roti or naan, right? But you normally have like layers to it, so you could have a, a plain one or you could have two together. Normally, kind of fried in butter. So it's not the healthiest for you. But oh, my favorite is dude, you would stuff yeah. it. So you have like potato in there. So that's called aloo parata. Or beef or ground beef. Exactly. You've had this. Add it. Yeah, yeah. I've Oof, had it. That's I've a kima parata. And then you get a moli parata, which is radishes. And so th- and then you even get a sweet one if you're feeling funky with it. Oh my God, bro. It is hard. 
to be Yo, this is that is a pakistani breakfast have you already had lunch because i haven't and my appetite is actually going through i might have to go right oh now, there's dude. one place south deep in brooklyn where you'd you have to call them up and they don't speak english and i have to speak to the auntie in my broken that's how you know the food's good though they send that over to my house and it's like 12 dollars. you just get this amount of food it's incredible did your, did your anyway, old man ever do this like yeah. my old man used to take us to Vietnamese restaurants and we saw a white person in there. He's like, we're not going inside. Yeah, he's like, this is, yeah. don't trust it. We don't trust it. <laughs> no, but that, this is one of those where you might get stomachache because they're, the cleanliness, I don't know oh, how. They're I think they're using, keeping they're, the food out for a they're while. They're probably using old oil. Here, yeah. let, me, let me just, listen, my dad was like semi-joking, but like, you have to remember <laughs> in the 80s and 90s, like, it's not like now. If you go to a place where, like, the, I'm not talking just white people, Caucasian. If you go to a place where you see different uh, ethnicities that aren't of the originality of the food, that's probably a good sign now. We're in 2023, yeah. people. People, food brings people together, man. It's 100%. Like, everybody we need can more appreciate of that good food. in today's this is world. What, like, yeah, like Luke Foods. Here's the thing about Luke's Foods. I saw some comments like, man, like, this would solve so many, like, uh, like, uh, controversies i'm like no like between people it's like yeah yeah man, just eat break somebody bread. else's literally break, break bread. bread that's right? where i think it comes from yeah so anyways Beautiful. Man, that's just like yeah good, i will good, say good. they've got number 34 new york city bagels that is that's low that down the list low. i will put that that, feels, that feels a little love when you get a really like, good man, one dude i like a good I'm bagel bro. to those a, a bagel yeah cheese? wait do you here, here <laughs> let me last question bagel related to bagel scallion do you like mm. cream cheese with smoked salmon or do you like smoked salmon flavored cream no, cheese? No, 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 no. I like the, uh, <laughs> this is my order. I get everything bagel toasted with, um, yeah, scallion cream cheese and then the the lox, as they call it here, the which lox. is smoked oh, salmon buddy, yeah, on the top. Lox, dude. Actual, none of this like flavored. I just want the real deal. Yeah, like, yeah. No, just give me. I want that is good. the most cured smoked salmon, the freshest smoked salmon you have. Shout but, out uh, Bagel Pub in Brooklyn. That is a real. <laughs> I mean, there's actually one where Jack used to live in Crown Heights in Brooklyn on the corner. It was his favorite spot as well. Man, that that is really that is a, an experience. I love, I love it. I love it. All Dude, right, good man, topic that was to perfect. end it on. Good to 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 finish off there. Let us know your favorite bread in the comments below yeah. as well, uh, or in the Telegram chat, and uh, appreciate. All the support. I actually was going to give a shout out. I met a NAI listener live in the flesh this weekend. Um, someone met in the bar and happened to listen to the party. It was pretty fun to chat and hear about how it would been part of their routine since 2020. Very, very cool. Um, so yeah, I, if you ever see I, I us hope, in public, you got to say I hello. I hope it wasn't part of their investing routine. <laughs> yeah, it definitely well, It depends who they were listening. Yeah. If they were listening to me and you, then definitely yeah. not. But, uh, yeah. Man, they listen to Jack. Actually, they might have a different life. Listen to Jack. They be, they, yeah, they, they wouldn't be, be letting right. you know, right? Exactly. But anyway, yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks again for the support, and we will see you guys next week. Cheers. Peace out.